Hello, everyone. It is Rick, your intern at Life, and today I want to talk to you about faith. I think it's very important to talk about this because I feel like looking online and everything, I I I, I see people's faith shaking, and and how could it not with everything that's going on in the world today? But I want you to know that there's hope and there's faith. So. I prayed before I came out here. This came to me yesterday, and I just want to talk about it. So I want to jump into it. Faith. Webster's definition of faith. Webster's, I would put that as man's definition of faith. Here's the things they have. Allegiance to duty or person. Belief and trust in. Firm belief in something for which there is no proof. So I wanted to go... What's one of the ones in the Bible that we have? Well, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I went a little further and looked up um, what the word in Hebrew would be for um, faith. And it's imuna, if I'm saying that properly. I'm not sure, but it's uh, E-M-U-N-A-H in Hebrew. The definition that it gives is conviction of things not seen. So here we have words like proof, which there is no proof, things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen, or it's the conviction. I love the word conviction because conviction means you're you're sure of it, you're you're sound on it. <clears throat> and what is faith? Faith has to have conviction to work. <clears throat> Now, the word faith is used 336 times in the King James Version, 458 times in the NIV Version. And I found very interesting that in the Old Testament, faith, the word just faith on its own was used very few times. I found it in Isaiah, um, a lot of times in Isaiah, but the, the... the word in the Old Testament, the, the root word was faith, but the word I found the most common theme was faithful or faithfully. The, the, the key message in the Old Testament was being faithful to God, um, to serve faithfully, and God will do the same. If we're faithful to God, God will be faithful to us. Now, the New Testament, when Jesus came, is, is where you start to see a lot more. I mean, there's, um, there's places where Jesus talked about um, ye of little faith. Matthew 8, 26. You of little faith, why are you so afraid? And this was when they were on the boat. And he, he, then he got up and rebuked the winds and waves. And it was completely calm. What other faith was there? I mean, there's so many examples of faith in um, in the New Testament. Jesus, Matthew 15, 28. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment when Jesus was doing a healing. But Jesus used it in, in, in different ways in the... Uh, in the New Testament, he spoke about how little faith they have, how little faith they had, and then he spoke about how great 
of a faith they have. Now, it was funny because I thought when when I was going to do this podcast that it was going to be about something completely different. I felt like I was moved by the by the Holy Spirit after listening to my Sunday service um, with Elevation Church. Praise God for Stephen Furtick. I believe that the Holy Spirit is moving him. Um, and I thought that that message was where it was going to come from. And yesterday, yesterday morning, I, w- I was um, in the office doing office time and the phone wasn't ringing. So I said, you know, I know that there's another podcast that God wants me to do. Let me start doing it. I started looking at my notes and then I felt this impression. Faith. It's, it's about faith, Rick. And I thought, hmm, okay. So what are you trying to tell me, Lord? And then he sent me down that path of finding the definitions and, and, and going through that, going back to the word in Hebrew. And faith is basically not being able to see the thing that we believed in. Imagine all the people back in the, back in the day when, when Jesus was walking the earth and, and hearing the things that, that he would say about tearing down the temple and rebuilding it. If you don't eat my flesh, imagine sitting here today and talking to someone who claims to be the Messiah and then he starts talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood and and the first thing that we would come to was oh my gosh, this guy's possessed. But he wasn't. He was a son of God and it was metaphorically speaking and that's why you see um, some of the churches using the host and and drinking the wine um, in remembrance because Jesus spoke about it at the Last Supper. But, But how hard is it today sometimes to have faith? Well, I mean... Is it hard to have faith when you lose your job and, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Lord, I know that you'll take care of me. Um, is it hard to have faith when something doesn't go the way that that you you thought it was going to go? And, you know, like, what am, what am I doing this for? How am I supposed to believe in something? I can't ever see it. I can't ever feel it. Like, how much more do I have to do to have this faith that these people on TV are talking about? It's faith and, and it's faith and I'm scrolling through Facebook and Twitter and, and, and Instagram and look at all these people who have these beautiful lives and you're constantly setting the bar higher for yourself than what it is because it comes down to a primal instinct at the end of the day. When we don't have anything else in front of us, what are we standing on? I talked about foundations. What is our foundation based on? Is it based on how many likes we get on Twitter or Facebook or who's telling us, hey, you did a good job? No, because all of that is empty. It's void. It's great to go out there and, and, and pray for people. It's, honestly, it's what I've been doing lately because it helps me out. I open up tweets from other people who are asking for prayer and I stop what I'm doing because right now I have the time and God's allowing me that time to be able to do that. And I pray for them. And I share this podcast with them because that's what it's about. Giving people the things that you use. It's building up your brothers and sisters in Christ to be able to stand up against the powers of the enemy. And I'll get to the the the, the point of why God led me down this road of faith and and, you know... Ephesians 6.12 I posted yesterday. 
and hang on a second because I'm gonna have to find it. But I I I find that it's that it's extremely um, significant to what's going on in this world today. So bear with me. I thought I would have it ready, but God just took me down this one. And this is what we're going to do because I posted this yesterday and I truly believe it. I believe it's what's happening today and I believe that we're in a spiritual battle in this country and in this world. And Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. But it goes on in verse 13 to say, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that at the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, that's verse 16, Ephesians 12, verse 16. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Of the evil one. Who's the evil one? The devil. And I find it interesting that I posted 612 yesterday. And now when I get into it, and he's leading me down this path of faith. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, God has been getting me to read more, to study more, to pay attention to his word more. Because why? Because the word is the strength that we need and it's on which our faith stands. The word of the Lord is where our faith comes from. So how do we get stronger? We have to read. So I'm reading every day and I'm getting stronger <clears throat> and the darts of the enemy aren't passing through as much. But after I got that, we got a call from the school and my uh, they said that my daughter wasn't feeling well. Um, and we've had this going on because she's had anxiety and all of these things that have been going on. So we get her home yesterday and we start talking to her because we want to find out the root cause of why this is. And as we started going, she had what you would say is, is a meltdown of all meltdowns, like crying and upset, but this time it was different because her face looked different. And whether people believe this or not, or, or whether you agree with it, it, it doesn't make a difference. But the whole purpose of God leading me up to this, this day right now of, of speaking about faith is because... It says that our faith will always be tested. And yesterday, my faith was tested. Do I believe the things that God says that I impart to others? The, the things that he has me say, do I believe them? Or do I only believe them in word? Do I believe the power that God gives us, the power of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the power to fight the enemy using God's word? Do I believe it? Well, yesterday that was tested. Because normally when my, my daughter has a breakdown or is upset about something, I could tell her, come here. 
And she'll come over to me and I'll hold her and, and I'll tell her everything's going to be okay. And when I said it to her this time, the look of fear that was in her eyes and she wouldn't come to me. And that's when I knew that things were different. So my wife was talking to her and I sat behind her and, and, and started praying because I had the sense that a spirit was there. And well, again, whether you believe it or not, the devil's real, folks. Um, he's working on it and and he's trying to separate families. He's trying to take families apart because, you know, you hear in America, united we stand. Well, in your house, in the word of God, a family stands united to fight off the forces of anxiety, depression, and things like that. And so as I'm praying to her, she started, I'm praying over her behind her silently. I'm praying to God and she starts screaming even more and you could feel her body tense up and my wife was just talking to her. And something inside me said that I have to be able, I have to say this out loud. Well, praise God, one, my daughter accepted Christ yesterday, 10 years old, on the couch amidst this spirit that was trying to pull her into a place where a ten, any 10-year-old or any person in life shouldn't have to go. And and I started praying over her. And at the end of the day, the power of the Holy Spirit reigns because I rebuked the devil and I did it in a very succinct, loud voice where that spirit could hear. And within minutes, that spirit was gone. And I got to tell you that today, my daughter, it's like I got my daughter back. And I don't know how long that this spirit had been around or or what was going on. But folks, I could tell you that it's true. And, and Ephesians 6.12 is what's happening now. Depression comes from the devil. Anxiety comes from the devil. But the power of strength and faith come from God. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sin sins all those years ago and if it was just you and you were the only one here and there was sin he would have came down and died for each and every one of you and i can't stress this enough that we have to get in the word of god faith is based off of conviction of the things that we cannot see and now when this was happening I thought in that day, honestly, that I would be scared. I really did. But when I saw what was happening, I got mad. And I thought to myself, how dare you come into my house, which I thought was covered, but apparently there's been some chinks that I have to address and look at. And it could be with me because, as I always say, I'm a sinner. I'm not perfect. I'm not telling anybody you have to be perfect because my gosh, if if we had to be perfect, just, you know, line up for a firing squad or something because we'll never make it. There was only one. We're all steeped in sin. We were born in sin. And the only thing that saves us is grace. And it's the free gift from God. Now, faith is one of the hardest things for us to, to, to really grasp because we have to believe in something. We have to be convicted that what this word says is going to happen. Well, you know what? 
a lot of things that it says are are definitely taking place. And I know that anybody who's ever experienced depression, ever experienced tough times where they were shaken or not understanding and didn't have anybody to come to them, I'm coming to you now and telling you that there's peace, there's release, and it all comes from the Word of God. And if you've never listened to it before or ever read it, if you can't read, if it puts you to sleep, if you have a hard time focusing, then get an app that actually speaks to you. I saw one on the TV. It's James Earl Jones's voice. He's got the voice. He was Mufasa in Lion King for all you parents who've ever watched Lion King. He has a voice that's just so soothing. Listen to him talk about the Bible. He just reads the Bible to you, basically. Find an app that reads the Bible if you have trouble reading. Just listen to it. Listen to a pastor. There's so many online. Vet what you're hearing. If it has nothing to do with them and it's all about God, then listen to them because there's so many messages out there. Right now, I find that Elevation Church is one of the one of the um, leaders in messages. I'm sure some will say to me, oh, they heard something. Right now, I haven't heard anything and I'm not saying that I'm the end all because I'm definitely not. Um, but... You have to get into God's word to understand the strength and the power that we have that he passed down to us. I've been reading Romans and you know what? I'm just going to read it because it was funny that when I got home yesterday and it was in it was in Romans 2. Bear with me because I'm going back because I've been I've, I've been reading it. Um, righteousness through faith. Romans is all about it is all about faith. But, you know, and there's Romans Road. It's it's how you get saved. But this came like like right in the beginning. And it was right in, in chapter one because I had started reading it in the morning. And, and, and this is going to be a little long, but I want you to really, really listen to this. Because when I came home, after we went through this incident with, with my daughter, and praise God that he is... Um, faithful to us. Faithful, right? Because if we believe in him, he's faithful to us and he answers our prayer. Because there's no way that I could have done that by myself. The Holy Spirit, my wife were there, where two or more are gathered in your name, there you will be also. So I start to read where I left off and I thought it was, but I always go back like a paragraph or something. And the first verse I read was Romans 1. Was it Romans 1? Romans 1. I just want to see. Romans 1, verse 17. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith. He's leading me to faith. He's wanting me to speak about faith. After this incident happens with my daughter, where he showed me that we have the power when we invoke him and use Jesus' name, we have the power to expel bad spirits and we have authority over them because Jesus gave us that authority. Okay. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. The righteousness of God is revealed in his word, in the gospel. A righteousness that is by faith. From first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Not claiming to be righteous, but if we're striving to be righteous, if we're striving to be more like Christ, it's trying to live a more righteous life as, as Jesus did. 
God's wrath against sinful humanity. And now when I read this, I want you to just think about and look outside to the world. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, invisible quality, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Whether you're... Um, What's the what's the word that I'm that I'm I'm looking for? So they everybody knows that there's a God. Even the ones who don't believe in God say that there's no God because they don't believe in it. But somewhere they heard a God so they know about him. Atheist. That's the word. Sorry, took me a second. My brain works slowly sometimes. Atheist. Even atheists believe. And if you're an atheist who's listening to this. I got news for you. You might want to just check into it a little bit more. But you've heard about him, so you know about him. You choose not to believe in him, so you're just making a choice not to believe in something. Okay. So that people are without excuse. So nobody has an excuse of ignorance. Because everybody's heard about God. Whether you choose to believe in him or not, you've heard about him. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of a mortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Now apply, they became fools and exchanged the glory of a mortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being. Think about the idolatry that goes on in this world for movie stars, famous people. How we follow them and what they say is gospel. How we look to them for the answers of what we should believe and what we think is true. When the truth lies in the word that I'm reading from right now. So therefore God gave them over. Verse 24, Romans 1. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their fatal error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no mercy. 
Here's the catchphrase. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. See, God gives us free will. And for years, I acted on my free will to do, let's see. I knew of God when I was a kid. I knew of his righteous decree. That those who do such things deserve death. They not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. See, when we give approval to things that are wrong, aren't we doing the same thing, basically? No, it's not for us to judge. And I'm not judging anybody. Everybody's going to stand before the judgment of God. But I have faith that his word is true. And there is redemption. There's forgiveness. It's the free gift of grace. Without it, I would be nothing. Without it, I would probably be in jail for the rest of my life. Without it, I wouldn't be able to talk to anybody about the grace that God gave me so many years ago. And the bottom line is that grace is still available today because I'm imperfect. I'm a sinner. And only because of the faith that I've learned through the reading and studying of his word, am I able to even talk about it? Because without him, I'm nothing, nothing, zero. I wouldn't even be able to stand up if it wasn't for God. Because I fought demons in my life that are well beyond what other people have faced and then far below what others are facing or have faced. Everybody has a story. It's not just about the story of where you've come from. It's about the story of what you're willing to do to share what you received during the time of struggle that was so overwhelming, maybe you wanted to commit suicide. Well, I tried. When I was 21 years old, I tried because I was so disgusted with who I became that I thought that that was the right way out. I thought that would cure all my problems. But it's not. It's not the answer. The pain doesn't go away. We think it'll end it, but there's suffering on the other side. That doesn't get you away from it. But this book that I've been reading, it's called the Holy Bible. There's freedom. John 8:36 If the son sets you free you shall be free indeed. And I know my voice has been calm in a lot of my other podcasts, but I'm a I'm a I can't even tell you the kind of passion that I have. I get yelled at for being so loud. My passion for Christ intensifies every single day. And every single day I feel the need to share it. I don't care about fan. I don't want anybody to know what I'm doing, but the people who receive the message on the other end. It's not to glorify myself. It's to glorify God. And when I got that out of my own way, when I actually thought from a podcast would be my saving grace financially is when God started to use it because I started it to help people know that there's something better, that there's, that there's peace, that there's forgiveness, that there's hope. 
in a world that seems to be losing hope every single day, where God is continually assaulted and taken out. Why? When we received Christ as our Savior, everything old died and we became new creatures. And it says, when we gave our life to Christ, we are no longer of this world, but of the heavenly realm. You understand? Our job, after we're saved, is to use our talents. Doesn't mean everybody's a preacher. It doesn't mean everybody's going to speak in a podcast. It doesn't mean that you're going to be tasked to go do something that you're uncomfortable doing. I'm in sales. I was in sales. I love to talk. Some people will tell you I talk too much. Others will tell you, no, talk some more maybe. I don't know. I haven't met that person yet. But at the end of the day, God gave me a gift to be able to speak. And he gave me a, 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 a faith and a gift to not be afraid of what the repercussions would be if I did speak what he wants me to speak. I don't care because my prize isn't here. If that's all I'm looking for, I'm in trouble. I don't need notoriety. I'm just a guy. I'm a guy who's been torn down by life more than once, who God has continued to rebuild because Maybe just for this podcast. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm searching every day just like you. But when he puts it on my heart to speak, that's what I'm going to do. Because I've learned my disobedience to him comes with greater repercussions than than, than I want, nor that I'm willing to accept because he likes to smack the taste out of my mouth, as I would say. Okay? God will chastise you. When you don't follow or don't listen, especially as your relationship starts to grow. I get smacked more by him now than I do by life because life isn't where my treasure lies. You can't serve money and God. There's that verse. If he takes care of the grass and the birds... What makes you think basically that he's not, I'm paraphrasing, what makes you think that he's not going to supply you with every need? Every single time I've been on the brink and have needed something, he's brought exactly what I needed. Not a thing more, not a thing less. He wants us to rely on him. I have to rely on him. I have to look to him for everything that I need. Because again, And I say it loud and I say it proud. Without him, I am nothing. I don't have anything. I would be morally bankrupt, lost, angry. Not good to be around anybody. But the thing that he's doing for me is the same thing that he could do for you. See, what I said to my what I said to my daughter yesterday when we were done and you could see the difference between when that spirit was active and when that spirit had to go. See, because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, high and low, that he is the savior.
And God said, he'll make your enemy your footstool. He'll put your enemy under your foot. So I stood up and I said, do you know where the enemy is? And she said, she just looked at me and I said, right here. And I lifted up my foot and I showed her the bottom of my shoe. And I said, anytime he comes. And I stomped my foot down and I said, that's what you do to him. And I said, every time you start feeling, if you feel again that anxiety or that pressure, I want you to just say, Father, I need help. Father, I need help. I said, and you say that over and over again until it goes away. I said, because he's going to come because you accepted him into your heart and that's where he lives. God says, I knock on the door. All you need to do is open it and let me in and I will come in and dine with you. So when you received Christ, he comes and dwells in you and he sends his Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. And that doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect. Doesn't mean that, oh, well, you know, Jesus is the magic pill and all my problems are going to go away. I hate to tell you that uh, <clears throat> sometimes the tests get even harder. Because the devil doesn't want to lose anybody. What does the devil do? He goes around the earth roaming to see who he could destroy. To see who he could drag down to the abyss in the end times when he's going to where he's never going to be allowed to come up again. To the eternal pit of fire. Whether you believe in that or not. It's funny because I hear, I hear everybody talk about heaven and hell. Nobody really knows what it is. I don't know what it is. I, I, haven't, been, I haven't been to either. I've been to what they call the hell of life and I've been to the brink of darkness I feel I, I believe but God pulled me back because he needed me for something I don't know if it's this whatever it is I stay open to it but when you pray and when you ask him for help he comes and he comes because you believe by faith you have imuna, emuna, conviction of things that aren't seen. You have the conviction. And I would say to the naysayers, I would rather believe in something than nothing. And at the end of the day, you can make a joke. Well, what if what you're saying is wrong? Well, well, then I got played, didn't I? And that's okay. Because the whole time that I was breathing, I had faith and I had hope where there, where there is sometimes no hope. I have positiveness. Proverbs 18, the tongue has power over life and death. What are we speaking over ourselves today? Is it negativity or is it, I'm trusting God. I have faith in God. I have a conviction in God that he's going to bring me through whatever this time is, whatever this season is that you're in right now, whatever it is that you're facing, the loss of someone, the loss of a job, the loss of your faith, the the. The introduction to anxiety, the introduction to fear. You know what fear is? Fear's a liar. There's a song. Fear he is a liar. 
Fear he is a liar. Lauren Daigle. Look up, child. Beautiful song. If you haven't listened to it, you need to listen to it. The opening line, my guess would be, could be applied to today with the virus, uncertainty of elections, all this drama, riots, protests, by the way, which have all been going on since the beginning of the year. Didn't just start. It's just a different focus. But it's happening. Cities get burned. People are getting shot. It doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong. That's the devil, folks. It's the devil. That's the one who's in control of what's going on out there right now. And it's up to us to have faith that God is going to be with us, strengthen us, take away these forms of depression, anxiety, and fear. What is it to live in fear? It's hard. Wouldn't you rather stand on faith? Wouldn't you rather read a word that gives you hope? Wouldn't you rather listen to people that give you hope instead of the constant feed of who's dying and what's going on? It's never ending. Fix your focus. Change where you're looking. What you see is what you get. Wait. Wait a minute. What you see is what you believe. What you believe is what you get. Remember that? From one of the other podcasts. If you haven't listened to it, go back to it. What you see is what you believe. What you believe is what you get. If you're constantly being fed negativity, change what you're seeing. Because what will happen is you'll start to believe all the negativity. And when you believe the negativity, you start speaking the negativity. And then what are you doing? You're calling the negativity into your life. Rebuke it. Say no more. Say, I believe in a God that is just and faithful. Faithful. Be convicted in what you believe in. No, it's not easy. Because as soon as you speak out that you're faithful and convicted, some other dart or sling and arrow, the enemy will shoot into your way to try and make you believe that God is not faithful. And I'm sorry, but I would rather have faith than live in a box than live in a big house with all the money in the world and my soul be sold and vacant because I believed in what man could do for me. My faith is not in man. My faith is in the God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead after he allowed him to be hung on a cross as the ultimate sacrifice, the last lamb sacrificed for everyone's sin. Everyone, all lives, not just some. Jesus died for all. And if we could just get back to that, it would make a difference. So if you're sitting there and you're wondering what's next, or you're sitting there watching an endless feed of negativity, Find a different feed. Find a different outlet. Go, to, go, go and download the app or if you use a computer, go on your computer, go to Elevation Church. And this isn't, I'm not promoting him. I just know that his messages, in my opinion right now, are coming from God at least to me. Check them out. What I tell my friends, because 
I, I've gotten really strong, powerful messages and not the whole message, but the things that speak to you are the things that are supposed to be speaking to you. Everybody hears something different. There's people that'll listen to this and hear completely opposite thing of another person who listened to it as well. Because God uses things to reach you where you are. Not where a general message will reach you, but where you are. And what I've learned is I take the things that I hear and I apply them. And the things that I didn't need to hear, I didn't hear or they didn't apply to me in my life. Download the app, Elevation Church, and go to sermons and just scroll. Scroll to sermons. And when one of the titles of that sermon speaks out to you or makes you think or stops you or makes you feel anything, any little thing, the slightest, well, what was that? Right. What that was, was God saying, listen here. And I'll tell that to anyone. I was talking to my brother before Christmas and we were talking. And I was saying, were you ever reading your Bible? And you're reading it so fast because you're doing your duty. I'm reading the Bible. I read the Bible today. I read it every day. I got it done. Check. But were you ever reading and something said, wait a minute, what did that say? And you go back and reread something. I figured out, at, at least for me, I don't know if this happens to you. It happened to my brother. So he confirmed it with me that yes, he remembers doing that. Instead of it being, oh wait, I wasn't paying attention or maybe you weren't or wait a minute, what did that say? I didn't understand it because it wasn't Understandable? No, it's actually, I think personally, God saying, hey, wait a minute, you're going too fast, slow down. I need you to read this. I need you to see what this says. And now the best part is, until me and my brother were just having a random conversation, I didn't know why I would go back and read that. Wait a minute, I didn't understand that. So when I read it, I thought, well, that wasn't that, that, that wasn't, that not understandable. Why did I have to go back to that? I don't know when the last time I did it was, but then I'm having this random conversation with my brother and there it was. He illuminates it. And he illuminates it in random conversations when you're talking about him. He shows you things. So who are you talking to and what are you talking about? Is it constant negativity that we're talking about? My guess is if we're talking about constant negativity, our focus is going to be focused on the negativity. So if we changed our seat <coughs> and started watching someone, some, not someone else, but or something else, do you think that what we see will change? And do you think that potentially our beliefs could change? And when our beliefs change, could what we get change? Interesting. Something to think about because, I mean, I like to think 
So that's really where it draws from. And I love to talk to people and I love to talk about God because I find that he shows me more stuff when I'm talking about him than when I'm talking about the, the, the negativity that's in the world. And it's out there, it's negative. But I just, I just want to be something positive. I just want to be a positive impact. That's the reason why I do this. I don't know when the next one's going to come. I try to be led by the Holy Spirit, but I feel like after yesterday, he's going to give me more because he asked me, do you believe the power that you have? Do you believe what you say? Will you actually do it or will you do it half-heartedly? Will you keep it quiet? Will you do it? I said, no, Lord. I personally said it right then and I rebuked the devil out loud in front of my wife and my daughter and the devil had to flee because the power of Jesus far surpasses any authority that he has. He, Jesus has the key to Hades, the everlasting inferno. And when you believe, he said that he will send his Holy Spirit to give you the same power. All you have to do is believe. Well, I believed and I believed that that was a test. And he showed me the power that we all have, but not on our own, mind you. It's never on our own. Because recall back to the scriptures where uh, some of uh, Peter's followers came to him. This is after Christ died. And I'm, this is what I'm going to wrap it up with. And he, he went to, they, they went to Peter's apostles and said, you know, we don't understand. We were, we were, we were casting out spirits and, and demons and we were preaching the word and we came upon this one thing and we tried to cast it out and the spirit replied Peter I know and Jesus I know but you I do not and proceeded to basically stomp them whoop them rip their clothes off crazy and sent them running beaten I I don't want to be the one that he doesn't know I want him to be the one that I know, that, that, that he knows. I want him to know that the power of the Holy Spirit rests upon me and he should be fear. And you know what's funny is as we looked back over it and when my daughter looked at me and she, she had fear, it wasn't her. Because she doesn't even remember the whole thing, by the way. But it wasn't her. That spirit was afraid because it saw the power that Christ gave inside of me by giving me his Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying I'm going to be walking around rejected spirits and demons and I'm some crazy weirdo. Don't take it that way. But all he did was show a simple man, just a, 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 a person who wants to live a better life. He showed me that that power is there. Am I out here today saying to that mountain, be thou removed and looking to see if it's going to go into the sea? My faith is strong and it's growing every day. And I know that it's growing because I stay in that word. And all I can tell you is no matter what the picture looks like in front of you, please get that conviction in the things you can't see. Because the more I lean on God, the more he shows me and the more peace I have in my life. And the further I get away from the less peace I have and I'm susceptible to that anxiety and the fear of can I pay my bills? Is this job enough? Are we gonna be okay? Are my kids safe? Am I safe? Am I going to be okay? Am I, am I, am I, am I? I am. 
and because it says in God's word that I am. He is the great I am. And I am saved. I am redeemed. And I did receive that free grace. I love you all. I hope this message reaches whoever it needs to reach. Send me a note on, on Twitter. You can send me an email, rick.passarelli at uh, rickpassarelli.com. There's a website. I had set it up at one point when I thought I was going to be this big public speaker. Um, but the email still exists. And if not, you can reach me at passarellirick at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter. Um, share this. Send it. We got to pray for one another. And we have to be convicted. And stay in the word. I love you guys. I hope this reaches its intended parties. Father God, let this word go out. Let it not be mine, but let it be yours. Lord, we ask you to bless who you're going to bless with it. Let it reach the people that it's going to reach. Love you and I thank you in Jesus' name for all that you do. Amen. Have a great day, guys, and uh, we'll see you soon.